everybody, and welcome to episode nine of That Was a Hoot, a Rocco's Modern Life recap miniseries. Uh, we're diving into the final the bits. final bits of this round of comics before we dip into season two of That's the right. show. It is. Uh, it might be a supersized episode depending on how this falls. We got three issues to go through and talk about it all so fast. It's gonna oh, be the shortest episode. Can we? If we're gonna do it so freaky fast, you're gonna think that our names are Jimmy and John. What does that mean? Like the sandwich place, Jimmy John. They're freaky fast. Is that their thing? They're so freaky fast. Is that man. their slogan? Man, we're freaky fast, Jimmy John. So fast, you're gonna freak. I don't know what I want to get a Jimmy John's with an insomnia cookie order next to it. Oh, what if that was like a combo place? Like a, you know what I mean? Like a KFC and Taco Bell. Yeah. It was like a Jimmy John's. Was Jimmy John insomnia. It's a great idea. I feel like that's a no brainer. I Yeah. 24 hour access to all places. Yes. Both places. Yeah. And get a sweet. They're roast, both seem like they're sub. staples for college towns. At least some that I've been to. You're a college. Um, town. So, yeah. Issue five. Segment one. Earl and water don't mix. Earl. Get that Earl. Earl. Earl and water. Uh, credits for this are John Louis Lewandowski is the writer. Darren Auk penciler. Gary New Daddy in quote <laughs> in uh, which he is a he was a new father at this point in time. That's why the new daddy. Nice. Gary New Daddy Fields is the Congratulations. Anchor. Bob Sharon colors. Dave Sharp letterer. Mike Lackey editor and Tom DeFalco chief. Uh, this one is the hottest day of the year. Rocco's trying to put up a new Blow up pool. Uh, Mr. Big Head is spying on Rocco as he's putting more junk in his already junky up backyard. Yes, we uh, we as Rocco's doing this, Ed's trying to plot something right to foil Rocco's plans. Of yeah. In relaxation like and Ed, enjoyment. Ed's pissed like Ed's had Ed it up to here. Hates him. Ed is mad. Uh, but, uh, we also get, it's a, a weird, uh, side story, a B story in this tiny little story here of Rocco's like things that are living on him. Cause we get the doggy sweat cam and we see that Spunky's parasites are swimming in the sweat. They're having a nice beach mm-hmm. day. Call back to when we seen the parasites before in right. a few issues ago. Yeah. 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 Rocco tacks up a picture of a beach on the fence that, Way you can look at it and imagine that he's there. I would never do that in my life. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine like. It is a very movie trope or st- <laughs> like comic trope type of a thing yeah. to do. Like nobody ever would ever do. Yes, it like pays that. off later though. Um, he, uh, while he's blowing up the pool, all the air goes into back into Rocco and he says, talk about your refunds, which is a really weird line, but I thought it was funny enough to note. Yeah, it's um, an odd joke to make. Yeah, he, and he flies across the yard and this is where. Ed, we find out that he's got a, a plan called Operation Earl um, that he is uh, going to put forward uh, to get back at Rocco for all of the things he's done and uh, starts listing off like, but he ruined my party and he did this. And like we start all the flashbacks. Of yeah, shit that it's we've almost like, yeah, he starts like this. listing all those things. Uh, Operation Earl is consisting of Ed getting a padded suit, like putting on like a almost like a catcher's mitt padded type suit type thing yeah, what are those like uh i guess that's, they're just called padded suits like the uh the dog trainers when they're yeah, like yeah. police dogs they get them in those yeah. like big suits uh, so he puts on a suit similar to that lets earl smell one of rocco's shirts that he has for some reason uh showing earl a picture of rocco and telling earl to attack and it seems that earl has read a couple of books on how earl uh seems that uh ed has read a couple books on how to train a dog to attack and now Rocco has finally gotten the the pool blown up and full. 
of of water and uh it's it's small though and he tells spunky goes the pool's only big enough for one of them and spunky's like having a heat stroke and just passes out because rock was like yeah it's only big enough for one of us this is like what a jerk move i know and like he clearly used water from a spigot to fill this up and i think he could have left that on and like pointed hold it and point it to spunky or anything like that to try yeah. to cool down his dog if he couldn't fit inside the pool right uh, Earl busts the defense uh, to attack Rocco when Rocco runs into the house while Ed is yelling at Rocco from a tree to face Earl. <laughs> it's such Get a, down here. It's such a weird like concept that like Ed's just gone off the deep end. Mm-hmm. He's typically like keeps himself and he's the one who gets punished on accident. With it only happens like a handful of times in the actual animated series, but yeah. seeing it happen like this in the in the he's comics like, and stuff it's different he's like in, in army manic. he's like in like army fatigues like he's like up in that tree, just yelling out it's weird uh, i just wonder whenever you see him in that outfit like was he like in the military like was he like a marine or something because he's a, a sea amphibian you know what i mean like yeah. maybe he was a marine sergeant i think he, like, he got it from the same army navy surplus store that we see rocco go to later on and yeah one of these issues uh spunky though essentially left to die by his owner musters up the strength to run to Rocco's rescue. So even though Rocco has been like, you could die. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> swim in this pool. Spunky's still coming to his rescue. Uh, while running, the uh, while running, he he gets uh, goes by the, the box attacks that Rocco had used to pin up the picture and the attacks fall on, Ro- on Spunky. But since Spunky's covered in sweat, somehow the attacks just stick flat side onto Spunky. Mm-hmm. So now, now he's, he's like just this, a barbed animal. He's, he's a a tack dog according to the comic book a little bit of a a uh, little pun there uh and rocco uh pinning that beach picture uh was just a all plot device for this so we get to this point just because rocco <laughs> had to hang up that picture which makes a little bit more sense maybe uh so spunky is at this point meeting earl face to face but as earl catches and bites down on spunky he gets a mouthful of the tacks that are now stuck to him uh, and then gets scared and runs away. And then Ed, frustrated that Earl hasn't attacked Rocco yet, goes directly. He goes to direct Earl and go go back over there. And he slips on the dog drool and lands on more of those tacks that fell, uh, pinning the picture he had of Rocco to his own butt. So then Earl sees Rocco's face on Ed's butt and goes to attack Ed. And uh, after the coast is clear, Rocco returns to his pool only to be stormed on. Uh, then he goes back inside his house. And Ed jumps into Rocco's pool because he's still being chased by Earl. Uh, and Earl, he's like, well, Earl hates water, so I'm just going to go in here. Is Earl Ed's dog, you think? I don't think so. You think if it's it just is, a neighborhood if dog? If it is, I want to throw out this little plot point. Like, I, I think that it's like he was Ed's dog, maybe had him whenever he was like a little pup. And then whenever he got too rambunctious or whatever, kicked him out, kicked him out, like made sure that Bev thought that he ran away or whatever. So now like every now and then he's just out and about around like he's just a neighborhood yeah. dog kind of a thing. And maybe Bev doesn't recognize him from whenever he was a puppy because there he's are ep- there's episodes whenever she's like petting him and shit mm. and he's like really sweet to her. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, lightning strikes the pool while Ed's in there electrocuting Ed. Uh, and then Earl continues to chase Ed. Uh, around the yard after that while Rocco sits in his ice bath he made in the house, which he should have just done in the first place. Maybe. Why did he have an ice bath? Just to keep cool? It's hot, yeah. yeah. It's his, his option instead of the pool. He had that much ice? Uh, maybe. I don't know. He's got an <laughs> ice maker. Uh, 
What is your scariest story of being attacked by a dog or any other animal? Uh, whenever I was eight years old, a next door neighbor to my house had a Great Dane that stood probably a solid feet to two feet at taller than me at that point in time. Because yeah. um, I was tall as a kid, but I mean, I'm still pretty squatty. But the, the Great Dane was massive and his name was Zeus. And there was a point in time where I was playing out in the yard and um, I was kind of close to this alleyway that's like right in between the two houses. And there was another dog that was from the neighborhood that was like one of those Bichon Freeze, just like a floofy white dog. Mm -hmm. It might have been like a, 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 a toy poodle type thing or whatever as well. Just a small one uh, that was running by. And I went to go see where it was going because it just ran by real fast. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, uh, not Zeus, uh, Khan, that was the he had a brother named Zeus, though, actually. Um, but Khan was the dog I was talking about. And so uh, Khan was chasing this dog around the yard. Uh, and I was just too close to where they were going. And the little white dog ran and veered by me and like ran past me and Khan couldn't stop in time. So he hit me on accident. Oh, and I flew backwards like ragdoll style. Cause Jeez. I was just like skin and bone as a kid. And I was unconscious for like 10 or 15 seconds. Wow. Um, mom and dad came out. I remember coming to and just like, <gasps> you know, gasping for breath kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Cause I was fucking out cold. Um, but yeah, that's probably like the worst, like quote unquote attack ah, that I've ever had. Gotcha. I, uh, I've never gotten attacked, attacked, but I hate birds cause they always like want to like swoop down by your head sometimes yeah. when you're like near their nest and you don't know that you're near the nest. I don't like that. And then running in general always gets you in awkward situations where you get close to animals, specifically dogs. I don't so many times where I've been like down a, a road and somebody's got their dog on the loose. And it all of a sudden starts chasing you and you're like, because ah, ah, mm. you're afraid it's going to bite you or something. I don't like that. And uh, but probably my worst was not a dog or a bird, but I was running. I lived out in the country uh, for a while and I used to run down this road and it got dark quicker than I thought it was going to. Uh, and I didn't plan it out. Right. If it was you, this when you got scared of your own shadow. No, I've done that plenty of times, though. That we talked about that on uh, the As for the Rest of Us podcast. Mm, there was no. an episode even titled Shadow is Scared of Shadows. Mm. Uh, and but this time there were deer out and I couldn't see because it was pitch black. There weren't any streetlights mm -hmm. and the deer started moving and running across the street. And I was like, I'm going to get hit by a deer. And that's not going to feel good at all. And I didn't. But I got really scared and I almost yeah. like pooped. You I did? Know. I didn't know. You almost shit? <laughs> Animals are scary, man. Issue five, segment two, Spunky's kind of funky. Uh, Spunky is kind of funky. Before I get to the uh, the the credits on this, uh, first, there's an eight-page story about the ultimate trading card in the middle of this between story one and story two. It's just an ad for uh -huh. football cards. Yeah. Did you read the entire no, comic? Skipped you skipped it. it. Yeah. I read it. It's horrible. I was just scrolling trying to get to the next <laughs> issue. I was just like, no. Eight pages and then two ads, two different page ads after that about football cards. So a total of 10 pages on football what cards. This, you don't, we don't have a date on this. I was curious as to when this particular issue 94, came out. 94, I don't know what. But I mean, like, I wonder if they did it because it was like, February of 94 mm. close to the Super Bowl time maybe they were doing it because they knew it would come out around that time or something they definitely uh, were like 
asking about like the shape of football cards and what what they need to be in and everything and it's like well why don't you go ask dan marino it's like okay and then they go the kids go ask dan marino and then they go to the next football player and they're like well, why don't you ask so and so and they just keep going and it's it's long drawn out uh this is the titular story from the cover spunky's kind of funky like you had said uh credits are john louis lewandowski as uh the rotten writer we have fun names again mm-hmm. this this i'm, I'm sorry darren awk is the pungent penciler gary fields the aromatic inker bob sheeran his usual smelly colors dave sharp limburger like lettering mike lackey odorous editor and tom defalco the biggest stinker of all <laughs> rocco wakes up to a horrible smell of spunky uh, the flies are literally running away from him in the panels and the wallpaper is peeling off of the walls and all of the plants are dying. So very, uh, very cartoon esque stereotypical yeah. stinkiness that you would get from the level of a la Pepe Le Pew. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, Rocco decides they need to pick up some industrial strength bubble bath, but not before going to the Army Navy store to get a gas mask. Is that a thing? Industrial strength bubble bath? Uh, I doubt it. I feel like that's ad- what? Which leads to what industry do they need industrial strength bubble bath for? (laughs) Stinky dogs. I guess. I mean, I guess like if you had, but even you wouldn't do that to like a a zoo animal. Like you would, because you would probably like mess up their, like the balance of their chemicals in their body. If you threw some like really high chemical industrial strength. I would almost be willing to say if they got something that goes on there, like for, elephants and rhinos and stuff like that their stuff is so yeah it's just water and then maybe a brush just to scrub off things lightly it's not meant to yeah you don't want to get rid of all that stuff they're supposed to stink yeah yeah i mean they waller in mud to keep cool but also to help themselves stay a certain way as well right i would imagine uh so spunky smells so bad that the birds are falling from the sky so it's a tiny really really big man uh and the sanitation department uh workers are and truck are telling him that he's an environmental hazard <laughs> my, my this is a truck truck not ran by the rats that we've been so yeah, accustomed trash to truck, yeah the trash truck isn't yeah. ran by that um yeah there's a tiny really really big man in the i don't know what called. that's about when was he tiny before i don't know there was there's just there's two birds and a really really big man that are all falling from the sky like it's just perspective you think the way it was drawn i don't know they all look like they're the same size the bird and the really really big man are both the same size so that's what i meant like i wonder if that's like he they're he's a really really small man for some reason really really big man in perspective is about the same size as like uh maybe a pelican how about yeah it's weird uh they make it to the pet store but the skunk who's the worker at the store Tells him a spunky cannot go in the store. That's how bad he smells. The skunk is like back off, jack off. So Rocco ties up spunky who has a pine tree car freshener around his neck at this point in time, like a, like a necklace on his uh, <laughs> chain uh, goes in to get the soap. And spunky runs away immediately. Spunky goes to the park where Rocco took him as a baby. Uh, but spunky gets attacked by a big dog, uh, which didn't last long. Cause as soon as the dog bit into spunky, he let him go. Uh, Cause he gross. Yeah, it's very, Runs very away. this is horrible putrid odors. Uh, Spunky remembers that Rocco loves him and runs to meet him. But Rocco and Spunky are intercepted by nose, which is an acronym for noxious odors should be eliminated. <laughs> Spunky is apparently a hazard to the environment and almost off of the stink scale. They've got a little measure like you would measure ghost activity, but it's for stinks. Uh, so they have to put him in a biohazard quarantine to clean him up, which Rocco seems fine with. He's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, he's fine with anything, though, that happens with this. I mean, he was folded into a Chinese takeout box size thing full of trash. I don't think he much cares for Spunky. No, I mean, I think he's just he's it's there. He's his pet. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not an emotional thing. He's just he has a pet. He take care. He takes care of pet kind of. That's (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. They clean Spunky with an environmentally safe, toxic proof, free range bubble bath for dogs uh, and send them on their way. The back of that truck that they're in uh, says, remember, don't pollute, which is a re- reference to the recycle song, which I'm wondering. That's the rats, right? They sang the recycle song like that. Uh, I think yeah. everybody does. Everybody sings. it. Yeah, it's a big, the big musical number. Uh, the the big tra- the trash pile uh, is like our Captain Planet, I think, in yeah, that yeah. scenario. R-E-C-Y-C-L-E. Um, and I'm wondering if uh, that's happened already, because we know that season two starts running at some point during the comic run. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to find out where that is. Yeah. If this is a precursor to the recycle song, if yeah. it's a coincidence or if it's because don't you P-L-O-U-T, the river, sun and sky and sea, yeah. whatever you know. Um, yeah. As Rocco embraces Spunky, they get splashed by a car that's driving through in a nearby mud puddle, <laughs> making them both filthy and dirty yeah. again. Rocco's like, we're clean and home. And he's like, or we're safe or whatever. And uh, he's like, well, I guess just safe. Uh, so what do you think made st- Spunky stink? And how did Rocco let it get that bad? I don't know why, but I feel like it has something to do with the war bond. Goo. <laughs> you think that it's like it's like burning inside of him now like it's just this nasty thing it's just somehow pungent enough that it's going through his gullet and then like going out of his pores and just oozing yeah just yeah that could be uh in issue five we get the we pick up on the letters page so they they titled the the letters page that's life and i'm just going to read a couple of things that are uh are said in here uh, we only get three letters pages because there's only three more issues of that. They decided to pick it up and then the book got canceled. Uh, but the first letters page, it seems uh, that uh, it's mostly to discuss other names for the letters page besides that's life. And I guess they had a a suggestion like, hey, mail in like a suggestion that we, maybe we missed an episode or issue four. Yeah. Or it wasn't in our version, perhaps. Uh, but it's back when the letters. I believe page, this version has like so much other shit and ads that would have missed that. Yeah. Uh, but this letters page is back when they would print your entire address if you didn't ask them not to. Yeah. Uh, to a point where, like, a few issues later, they they're making fun of a girl for living on Ponderosa Street, and they're like, "Hey, did you know that little Annie lives on Ponderosa?" Like, they won't drop it in their comments. Like, it's real weird. And I'm like, "Oh, like they don't realize that they're just like pointing people to this." Um, the only like every once in a while, there's a a piece of information that's useful. And in here, according to Mike Lackey, who's titled The Future Legend, and Herb Asherman, who's titled The Footman. I don't know if it's because he has a foot fetish or what. I hope uh, so. But they specifically say that Lady Hippo's name is Gladys. And so we pick up on that piece Very of information. Very interesting. I didn't read that part of the ending uh, letters either. So that is new to me. Yes. I'm excited to get into the next issue. Six. One. Bug. Six point one bug out i thought we were doing like one we could have you want to do it again <laughs> no we'll try it again take two uh, this is the uh special disgusting parasite issue uh and like first add in we get the gargoyles yeah. tv show starting up which i thought was pretty cool yes sir a little piece of history there i love gargoyles uh credits include john louis who isn't doesn't say lewandowski i guess they figured it was too long at this point uh is credited for story ed lazaral lazalari 
uh, is pencils, Gary Fields, inker, Dave Sharp, letter, Bob Sharon, colorist, Mike Lackey, editor, and Tom DeFacco, chief. It is the bloaty and squirmy story. They are bored. They decided that it's time to move from Spunky and Rocco. And uh, as Rocco is taking Spunky for a walk, so now is the perfect time to evacuate the premises. They can find another dog to jump on, perhaps. Uh, Rocco tells Spunky it's a beautiful day, so don't spoil it by eating something wonky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, my red light to credit of like the shit that he eats makes him stink really bad. That's so maybe true. that's where that's this a good is point. coming from. Absolutely. Uh, so Bloody and Squirmy spot a French poodle, ooh la la, and decide to jump to it uh, when they find a rude French lice there. Uh, they're welcomed by Jerry Lemest, uh, part of the welcoming committee, who gets them straws to drink plasma from tap off of the poodle. How nice. The poodle owner, which appears to be a cheetah. Uh, we don't see their head, but we see their body, and it's an orange and spotted. Uh, and she's fancy. She wears the dress and nice heels and stuff. Uh, she notices the poodle scratching and gives her itching powder and, and a brushing, gives her a brushing uh, to fix the issue. How frequently would you keep just itching powder with you? I don't know, but they uh, we see a lot of itching powder because this whole like issue, both s- stories is yeah. very dog focused. And so we get like itching powder uh, both times. And I thought that was something that I I don't know. I have a hairless cat. We don't deal with that a lot. Right. But I mean, like even as a guy with a, a hairful cat, <laughs> be hairful uh we don't use it like if they which they don't have fleas thank god we've yeah. only ever had one instance in our history of having cats that we've had a small flea infestation we were able to nip it in the bud relatively soon but mm-hmm. most of that was remedied by washings with soap you know the the yeah. flea bath kind of stuff almost in a way from at home stuff and then like a fine tooth comb to get all of the remnants of like any eggs or bugs or whatever yeah, out gross um yeah super gross i didn't like it at all but I'm just saying that was the only instance we ever had. But I never really think like flea powder, especially if it's like you have to have like sh- fucking animals that have it constantly to be able to need to necessitate doing that. I guess. Or maybe that was a bigger thing than that was a that was the easy remedy is like, oh, yeah. keep that around. Like a flea bath was like expensive and you would have to go to the, the vet or something yeah, for it. Could be. Absolutely. Uh, so Bloody and Squirmy treat it like it's a uh, snowing at first, but then get brushed away to a sleeping Earl. Earl's laying on the, and it looks like it's um, like an alleyway. Mm-hmm. And they climb onto Earl and get uh, met by some tough looking ticks. Bloody calls one of them a tick head, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other one's like, you're ticking me off. And I was like, oh gosh, we're going into a bunch of just throwing tick everywhere. And then Bloody and Squirmy get beat up. Uh, they jump off Earl to a new dog. And the new dog is a uh, has German worms. Uh, so I get. I'm assuming it's like a German Shepherd or something like that. Maybe no, it doesn't look like one. That's why I was like, I yeah, don't. I don't the know. dog didn't look German. It was, was like a. Don't know to think about it, any other German dogs. Though. Right. Setter, Dachshund, English Setter. Do they have German Setters? Maybe. Did it look like a wiener? Yeah. Maybe the dog has German worms on it, and uh, they're having a big German festival with scab sausage, uh, some types of blood beer, and a band. Bloody overindulges and has to be taken to the hospital called General Nuisance Hospital, where we find out that Bloody is sick because he has a bug or two in his system, according to the doctor. They do like an x-ray type thing and find out that the German worms are partying in him now. Oh, gross. So they got from like the same size as Bloody and Squirmy to like got into Bloody himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that was it. That was the end of the episode. And by episode, I mean issue. Um, if you had to live on a dog as a parasite 
um, and like that size, what kind of dog would you want to live on? Oh, hmm. uh, man. Like a something that has uh, thick hair. What's something that has thick? What are the ones that have like the Rasta hair? I don't know. Like you know a Shih Tzu? No. Like they've got like the really big, long Rasta hair that almost looks like it's braided as well. I don't know. I'm not. I'll have to look it not up. Not familiar with dog out. types. Something like that. That'd be really cool. I'm going to go with. I'd have to be really good at it because I think that they're. I wouldn't want to go with something that's too thin of hair because then it would give you like, if it has a little bit longer hair or something like that, give you more like jungle esque like areas to like swing around or like maybe not Chinese crescent like the dogs with like the bald body and the just yeah like those yeah like the tongue sticking out and yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like something that's too thin hair, you might be more susceptible to getting brushed off way mm. easier. Yeah. Trying to think like a parasite. Well, I was thinking like unless you're underneath the skin, then like, I guess it just doesn't a really matter. nice like dog to with a lot of hair would be like maybe a Saluki or something. Sure. Uh, but those are typically kept by like like very well kept, so yeah. they're constantly being brushed. Or something and that's also very thin too, like like a Saluki might not be the best because you want something that's a little bit more meat on its bones. So that way you're getting more plasma and sustenance i'm maybe. gonna go with like a french bulldog french bulldog seems Frenchie. like a fun idea live in some of the folds yeah sweet little folds <laughs> issue 6.1 lice on the loose credits are joe cavallari uh is the writer darren Auk, penciler gary fields inker dave sharp letter bob sharon colorist mike lackey editor and tom defalco chief this time around bloody and uh squirmy are back on spunky now somehow um it's a groundbreaking day it appears that they are infesting a new area of Spunky, and it's hurting Spunky. Bloody and Squirmy have built an entire apartment building. That's their groundbreaking, I guess. And uh, Spunky, uh, and and they want to on Spunky, and they're going to be landlords. They've got a couple of signs on their new building say, "So we stink, and buy this, make us rich." As Bloody and Squirmy get tenants, uh, more and more tenants, they try to make the building on the ground look nice. Uh, Spunky's getting tore up and runs outside in rain puddle to try and get some relief. You got that burn. Uh, Rocky tells Spunky, I can't stand to see you suffer. Could you go in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot of like nods to the fact that Rocco doesn't really care for Spunky. Yeah. Uh, it seems like recently. Maybe he's pissed him off. Uh, to which Spunky replies with a whimper and Rocco says, I guess perhaps not and takes Spunky to the pet supply store to get deloused. Uh, the thoughts of the lizard there are uh i call this joint the sushi special because it's strictly a raw deal (laughs) it's so stupid uh the lizard has been fed japanese beetles and uh, we can see that they are escaping from the cage uh they the the beetles jump from the cage uh out onto spunky where bloaty tries to sell them an apartment so while rocco is over there and trying to pick out a powder and blaming Spunky's poor hygiene uh, on himself, uh, the lizard breaks out and then attacks the parasite apartment building on the back of Spunky. <laughs> the Japanese beetles call for Mothidera, because it's not Mothra. Not Mothra. Mothidera. Mothidera, who comes uh, from a sweater like a moth would. Yeah. Uh, and attacks the lizard. They didn't have enough balls. <laughs> uh, with all of the burning from Mothidera, uh, Spunky jumps into a goldfish tank, I guess, again, trying to get more relief yeah, again from another water that source. Uh, Bloody and Squirmy attempt to sell their apartments to a goldfish, even. <laughs> They're desperate to get that money. Uh, Rocco gets Spunky out and douses him with powder that Bloody and Squirmy once again take as snow 
because they did that when the uh, poodle got yeah. got the powder also, and they went sledding and they sled straight off of uh, Spunky onto Rocco, uh, where they all of a sudden are selling the land to native ringworms. And they are dressed like pink pilgrims. I didn't quite understand what happened here. I don't either. I they're almost insinuating like the I'm assuming because they're saying, you know, Rocco's foreign, a foreign person coming to a new land. They're going to settle the the new land or something like that. But at the same time, it's like pilgrims have nothing to do with Australia or the outback. It was weird. So what is the point of that? It was but, a weird reference. Yeah. I think they were really kind of stretching there with that one. Mm-hmm. So now that the parasites are gone from Spunky, he misses them. <laughs> And convinces Rocco to buy him an ant farm, uh, which somehow maxes out Rocco's credit card at the end of it. That ant farm's expensive. What are your thoughts on ant farms? My thoughts on ant farms. Um, I always thought they were cool. I always thought they were cool, too. It seems like as the years go on, they have progressively gotten more and more cool. I've seen some people with these, like, I don't want to say futuristic ant farms on tiktok they're but like, they're they're newer because i'm it's like not like i'm on light or something like it's, in them and... yeah it's not like i'm abreast of the situation you know on what is up with ant farms but they've got like the dirt and stuff is not even dirt anymore it's like blue and it does resonate or glow with uh black light or fluorescent um and it also is like pure nutrients. So like you don't really feed the ants anything or drop anything in there mm. or whatever. They're just extracting it directly from all of the stuff that's inside of like this nutrient rich stuff. Ah, did, did you feed ant, ants and ant farms before? Like, did you put like a little fruit or something in there? Like yeah, a little you, compost? You, you can always drop in like leaves and bits of fruit or anything okay. like that for them to just kind of eat on. I see. Okay. That way you can watch them like, pick it apart bit by bit and like carry it back Move to the colony it. kind of a thing. This is interesting to kind of see. I got you. Uh, in the letters page, the that's life section of this issue, uh, someone points out that heifer is eating a hamburger in an issue. And they say, they ask if heifer is a cannibal and the response is no, he's a cannibal. Huh? Uh, but I, I thought that was interesting that they may be implying that heifer is eating beef. And yeah. I think we might have talked about that before. Yeah, we have talked about that before. So because he's done it in season one, we've we've caught also this. eating chicken around other chicken while they're there working at Chogi Chicken. Yeah, it's all just kind of odd, weird placement for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're at issue seven. This is the last issue for this stint of the comic run. That's right. Uh, issue seven, uh, second one is called Cond Again. Credits are John Louis Lewandowski. They decided to give him his full name this time. Uh, and he's credited as Fanboy. Darren Auk is credited as Hayseed. Gary Fields credited as Breeder. Bob Sharon, Angry Football. Dave Sharp, Gardener. Mike Lackey, Vacant. And Tom DeFalco, Overseer. So in this episode, or comic, I guess, whatever, I'm getting confused. Rocco is set up at a Humongo Con. Uh, some of the comics that he is selling there are The Frantic Four, uh, Enter Through the Back Door, gross uh <laughs> captain cootie journey into misery sam steroid where stories no content uh which is just otherwise has a blank cover to it tales from the toilet grime comic and goon which ends up being the name of a comic it's a real one yeah mm-hmm. um also the next page of tales to tick you off and hyperman uh, he's setting up comics and gets out his really, really big man number one, which is evidently a hot item. 
Mm-hmm. And the con opens up and everyone bum rushes in. The line is outside for tickets where Filbert is waiting and loses his glasses as Filbert is oh boy. inclined to do. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, turns out uh, without his glasses, he's looking. He looks like Benito, the prepubescent mutant kung fu tortoise. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yep. Boy. Uh, while in line, Filbert gets pulled out and is told to put on the mask mistaken for Benito. They think he's there to be like the meet and greet Benito yeah. in there. So they let him in and they tell him to put on the mask. So meanwhile, Rocco is dealing with con customers who want brainless heroes and tights, uh, spill drinks from customers and the customers wanting unrealistic trade values and stuff from the highest shelf, which is just your stereotypical con customers, it seems like. While Filbert is working as Benito, he hears Rocco saying something about really, really big man, number one, because there's this guy who has like, it's drawn as this torn in half comic. And he's like, can I trade this in for really, really big man? Number one. And he's like, no, that's not worth it at all. Uh, and we find out that's what Filbert's wanting. That's why he's there. He wants to get a really, really big man. Number one. Uh, while, uh, while trying to get to Rocco stand though, uh, Filbert is intercepted by a lady turtle who is flirting with him and asks for an autograph and he even gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Oh, Rocco continues to deal with customers that are sneezing on the books and uh, eating, drinking all over them, which would be real, real irritating. Yeah. Even just as a con patron, if I saw somebody trying to do that shit, I would just be like, what the fuck are they thinking? Dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is definitely before the con, uh, the way that it is now. Peoples would be thrown out, or vendors would just leave now if that was the case. Uh, Filbert approaches uh, Rocco's stand finally, but Rocco, not realizing it's Filbert, flips out about the comic. He's like, it's way too expensive for you. Because Filbert's like, what about really, really big man number one? Um, and while that's all happening, Rocco's like, oh, sorry, Filbert. Uh, there's someone behind them that's stealing the really, really big man number one. And over the loudspeaker while that's going on, Cindy, the lady turtle, sends a message that she wants to go on a date with Filbert. He gets excited, jumps around, and breaks the display of Rocco's comics that he has set up. And it lands on the thief stopping him in his tracks. So Fulbert's the hero, stopping the thief and getting the girl. But I don't think he runs, he, he doesn't get really, really big man number one because he doesn't have enough money for that. Yeah. Um, what's your best and or worst Comic-Con memory? Um, I don't really know if I've had like a bad con experience that I can really speak on. I think one of my favorite memories was going to uh, a couple of the Cape cons just with you and, and Mandy and stuff. Me? I thought it was really yeah. fun just doing it. I, I love uh, a smaller stature con. It's always fun to be at a more intimate venue and to actually maybe socialize a little bit with some of the vendors that are there right. too. Um, and that definitely is a more grounded down to earth one. Right. Um, I haven't met anybody at that con anytime I've been that, that has been, you know, kind of asshole or anything like that. So, I've always had consistently a good time there. Cool. I've not really had a worse time that I, I can think either. of. No. The, the, one of the best times, I guess, the Philadelphia Comic-Con, too. Mm. Uh, whenever I get to watch the Back to the Future panel um, and the X-Files panel. And we had meet and greets with David Duchovny and Christopher Lloyd. Cool. Yeah. They were on a show together. They were not on a <laughs> show together. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I didn't even do a meet and greet with uh, Henry Winkler, but I was with. It was me and I was with a, I had a, a kid with me and uh, Henry Winkler just took the time to have a conversation with that little kid and just, uh, just, ha- just, how are you doing? Just being you like know, a today? nice down to earth guy. Super, like super cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Fonz is 
the epitome of cool hey. even as like a 70 year old dude uh yeah he's awesome awesome guy uh, so we've got issues seven segment two uh bev's beauty tips credits for this are john louis no lewandowski and his uh his title is frustrated writer darren awk pencils without fear matt malley indescribable inks and lopsided lettering bob sheeran hilarious hughes mike lackey what or mike lackey is that's mr tom defalco is the big guy in the corner office so in this issue, Bev addresses the reader and is giving the real-life beauty tips, hence the title that we just said. She talks about duck sweat mm-hmm. because you have never seen a duck with a bad complexion. Uh, you uh, you rub the duck sweat on your pores, and then you polish it with an industrial-strength buffer. I feel like duck sweat would be like almost, for some reason in the back of my mind, it would be like the same consistency as like the grease that you get off a of duck say, yeah. whenever you eat it. So it'd just be really like goopy and thick and just cakey and get everywhere agreed i just sounds extra gross so (laughs) next the next step is to put worm sausages in hot sauerkraut juice with low cow dead flies and then put them in between your toes to stretch the webbings soak them in the kraut juice and then eat the sausages Mm, delicious uh this was a short little like it was just a couple page little kind of almost like an afterword in between yeah uh and uh my question to you is do you pamper yourself with anything do you have any Little little tips to treat yourself, skincare. Anything? Um, no, I I need to be better about like skincare and stuff like that. I don't really do anything for myself other than that. Honestly, if I do anything that's more pampering, it would just be like beard care, shave your chode. Just because, um, yeah. I mean, I guess does that count? Uh, <laughs> no, it'd be like more beard care and stuff because my beard has a tendency, not really like dandruffy, but it gets very dry, itchy, mm. and irritated. So if you don't condition it and i don't oil it or you know put some kind of product in it at all eventually it just gets like unbearably itchy Mm. the more and more it gets out the more full it gets it just is really irritating gotcha my favorite self-care is just simple things like clipping my nails yeah yeah. i love a fresh clipped fingernail yeah i don't like it when they get much past the little white yeah don't want to see the whites i was like i don't know why i always get in this rotation of clipping my fingernails before I start a work week. Mm. So like whenever it comes around, it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for my work week to start. I'll clip them. So that way there's not as much gunk that tries to get under my nails, like yeah. the rubber and excess stuff makes sense that way. But there's also like materials that I'll use that I need to like pick off mm. to like pull something through whenever I'm like running this like poly uh, material, like off of some of the stuff that I tack down. Yeah. And whenever I do that, it makes it difficult to, pluck it off because i have like not much nail there gotcha yeah huh so we go on to issue three That's or right. issue 7.3 yeah this is our only point three or this is the only point three i'll never go camping again credits are john louis script darren awk penciler gary fields inker bob sharon colorist dave sharp letterer mike lackey camp counselor and tom defalco jr woodchuck so in this one, we open up with Rocco and Heifer watching snail races Ooh. when lightning strikes outside and power goes out to the house. Rocco lights a candle and brings some blankets down uh, just, you know, in case they get cold. And they decide to tell some stories to pass the time because it looks like the power's out in the neighborhood. Yeah. So Rocco tells a tale of his first camping trip to the Toad Hollow Wood. He had to gather firewood and felt like someone was following him while he was doing that. 
And as the story gets suspenseful, there's a knock at Rocco's door. It's Mr. Bighead checking on them, but only because Bev asked him to, not because he wants to. <laughs> he doesn't really care. Not at all. Uh, so once Bighead leaves, Rocco continues his story about collecting the wood, which seems like this is it's like collecting the wood. Uh, and he <laughs> uh, <laughs> he turns around while he's doing that, and he runs into the quote-unquote branch manager, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Toad Hollow, uh, who is a scary tree, who tells him that he can't burn the tree's twiggy tykes, which are, I guess, the twigs. Little twig children. Yeah. The twig tykes. Uh, Rocco runs away, scared, and because he can't return to the campsite without wood, he starts to collect again, but gets scared because he touches, he gets touched by the branch of a tree. He goes back to the campsite, finally. Uh, but they laugh at him, and he goes back out to get wood again. Uh, these people that he's camping with, they don't seem very friendly. I don't know where no. he got these friends. Uh, this time, the tree grabs him and threatens to chop him up. But Rocco falls from the brittle tree monster's hand and runs away with only a splinter in his finger. So, uh, question for you. How would a tree chop him up? I guess he'd have to get an axe, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? It seems like an it empty makes threat. no sense. If anything, I'd be like, I will impale you with one of these sticks. Yeah, that seems more of a limbs. Yeah. I don't know what I meant by that. After returning to the campsite again, one of the others goes to get wood, brings back wood, part of which looks like the tree monster's arms. The splinter that Rocco uh, had moves when it gets uh, close to the arm. So uh, they decide to burn the wood, obviously, and the smoke in that fire uh, it it has it's like a, it is the monster, the tree monster, and it says booga wooga ooga, and that's why Rocco will never go camping again. It reminds me booga wooga ooga always reminds me of uh, that reminds me of the onomatopoeia that Eustace says on Courage the Coward the mm. Dog. I think Anytime he tries to boogie woogie choo choo train. No, not that. <laughs> so back in the house, the lights come back on, and Rocco shows Heifer the splinter in a jar. And the table it is sitting on comes to life and attacks them as they run out of the house. I'm assuming presumably made of the same tree that is now like sentiently come to life. Like how did did Rocco intentionally build a a table out of the haunted tree or did that all just. I don't know. He would have had to have picked up more wood on the way out because the only wood that we had seen we've seen was burnt except for the splinter. Exactly. So I'm assuming he picked up more wood and was just like, yeah, sure. Haunted tree. Make a table. Right. Uh, do you have a favorite scary story to tell in the dark? No, I actually, uh, so uh, w- something that me and Betty have a tendency to do quite often because she really enjoys it is go camping. I might've talked about this before. You've talked about camping. Yeah. So we'll just take the blanket, throw it over the couch or make, you know, a, a faux tent, if you will, inside of the living faux room, someone, a faux tent, um, and we'll go camping or whatever. So one of the newer iterations of that is. We've started telling each other stories okay. know, while we're camping right kind on. of a thing. So I will just make up dumb little goofy ghost stories to try and not necessarily scare, but just like little irrement of right. like spooky just for like a little three year old, yeah. that kind of a thing. For sure. um, but I guess I would say those are my favorite to tell. I don't have an individual one that I can mm. pinpoint because I make them up off the cuff every single time. My favorite ones are the really dumb ones where. You got like the, I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you. And it's the like skeleton <laughs> that's song. like at the booger. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The, where he's going to eat the booger. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like the. You know that? You know it? <laughs> and then what are they like? Uh, 
what are the the ones on the log and they say when the log rolls over we're gonna fall in and it's the it's a turd in the toilet and there's something i don't know these are all like campfire songs no they're not songs they're they're neither one of them have i ever heard as a song i've heard them both as stories i've not heard this log one so i don't know what that is Mm. it's the same kind of concept where you're in a house they're in a house they're kids and they're here they hear when the log rolls over we're gonna fall in you're making it sound like a song well, it's it's a like a just a mantra. I don't know. It's like, a mantra. They're not singing the song. It's a chance. It's a chance. Just like Candyman. Yeah. It's like a chant. Yeah, it's definitely like a chant. Um, and and then they find they go to the bathroom and they see that it's like these like flies on a turd or something, and uh and they're they do that. So in the uh the that's life notes section, uh the letters, uh the really the only special thing is they announce that this is the last issue. They don't say why, they just they pick up letters and three issues later they stop it and so this is the end of marvel's run of rocco's modern life yeah we'll pick up next it. episode with the first few episodes of we'll do two at season a time two. again so like we'll we do been. episode one and two if you want to do your homework prior to uh we'll see you in a couple weeks uh-huh. just search for volume two on paramount plus oh, and yeah. watch along with us on there and yeah, like you said, we'll see you in just a couple of weeks. And as always, remember that uh, podcast day is a very dangerous day. This has been an IFNZ production. Yeah.